very first episode of 2021 of My Cancer Story. My name is Jess Nelson. I am your host. Thank you so much for being here and listening to our first interview this year. Today, you're going to meet Luna. She is telling her mother's cancer story today. I first heard of Luna when I was out for a walk listening to my one of my favorite podcasts called Crime Junkie. You guys may have heard of it. They're kind of a big deal. And they read the letter that Luna had sent to them. Um, and I'm going to be reading that here shortly. But I was immediately touched and reached out to Crime Junkie. And I can't believe it, but they actually responded back. It was insane. So I gave them my contact information for them to send to Luna, and she reached out. And the rest is history. I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. It's a little bit longer than we usually have, but it's totally worth the listen. Luna is this amazing old soul, and she has so much to share about her mother's cancer story. Now I'm going to read the letter that she sent to Crime Junkie, just so it gives you a little bit more of a background in what I heard. So this was the note that Luna had sent to Crime Junkie that they read on one of their episodes in early December. She writes, Hi, I just had the urge to send you guys something. My mom recently passed away on October 29th this year. She was 46. Her birthday was November 2nd. She almost made it to 47. She was battling cancer for 10 years. It went downhill so fast and so harshly. She was an amazing person, mother, woman, and friend. I miss her every day and every moment. I'm turning 18 in January, January, and she will never see my wedding or her grandchildren or my future. And one thing that, that we really bonded over was your podcast. We would listen to it together on car rides or on mom and daughter days. Anywhere, and we would gossip, and we would gossip over episodes all the time. And whenever I listen to your episode, I just imagined her in the passenger seat deep in thought. I know you guys will never see this, but I had a feeling to say that you guys may tell gruesome stories, but you have touched my many hearts and created a lot of good memories. So thank you. That's the, it's just an amazing letter. And that's what touched me for contacting Luna. And I'm so thankful that we were able to connect. So we have Luna here telling her mother Tracy's cancer story. Well, welcome. Um, I'm glad this worked out because like, I, yeah, fuck man. Like, I can't believe that, you know, crime junkie, like those, the girls just, they they do respond to everything. And the fact that they, your letter was just so sweet and it touched them and being able to connect us too, I thought was just really special. And I'm so glad that they did. No, I'm so happy this happened. And I didn't expect anything to come out of like the best they could do was respond and they did so much more than that which yeah. meant so much to me it was just such a cool thing I'll definitely remember it for the rest of my life yeah and it was That's just incredible. like it was a good moment yeah really good moment because I was okay. in I was driving home with my family actually from Red Lodge seeing my cousins mm-hmm. and I just had like an airpod in and I was talking to my dad but I overheard like turning 18 in January and I was like That sounds a little too familiar. So I like put both of them in and like restarted the episode. Uh I was like, they're talking about me. And I just started sobbing. I was like, oh my God. And my dad's like, what the heck is happening? Why are you crying right now? I'm like, you have to listen to this. You have to listen to this right now. This is absurd. And he started crying. It was just a really cool experience. I was like, that's so cool. It's so cool. So cool. 
No. Well, and they're that's... such sweet human beings. Oh my gosh. They're I, so they're sweet. so nice. They just seem so genuine and like, you just want to be best yeah. friends with them. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, exactly. And the, like, they're my favorite crime podcast. Oh my the way God, they tell their stories are amazing. Like, cause mm-hmm. some, like some other ones tend to have like a lot more like, they just like talk and kind mm-hmm. of talk about other things and not yeah. the story. And I like yeah. having story everything they just dive right in yeah how they summarize and wrap it up yeah oh my god yeah they're super passionate I know and they're just like they're on it they're just so good at it and like they they started this whole basically like group and they have so many podcasts now underneath that umbrella and I love all of them so like making of a making of a murder they had red ball there's another Mm -hmm. one and yeah so I love all the ones that they put out yeah audio check is awesome yeah I'm not and podcasts are kind of a new like I kind of just got into them a couple years ago and they're Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. they're awesome for car rides oh yeah so good because sometimes you get sick of listening to music music and it's like like, it's just over and over yeah Yeah. so you're like I need to actually like drive and think about something so podcasts are awesome I love them Mm -hmm. yeah definitely got into them a couple years ago when I was I was driving a lot for work so yeah. being stuck in traffic, it was a nice way to get through. So I really, exactly. yeah, well, I guess that's kind of the perfect segue. Um, so if, if you, if you don't have any questions, we can just kind of get started the conversation will just be a little bit free, more free flowy. And, yeah. um, I, I, I might have questions or ask questions. In oh, yeah. but... And I'm really open. You can ask okay. whatever you like and okay. I will tell you whatever. I'm a very open person. Oh, that's awesome. Like that's just me. So I will share whatever needs to be shared. I love it. I love for it. sure. Such an open and like great personality. So I'm excited for this, this interview. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, I was super with, excited. Sometimes with people you just don't know, like the vibe yeah. that you're gonna get from them, if they're gonna be easy to talk to, if it's gonna be like pulling teeth or anything like that. But like Yeah, but you just have like this like open, warm personality. I just know it's Thank gonna you. be great. So it'll Who be a lot you? of fun. I'm like I was a little nervous. I was like, this might be a little awkward. There might I not be nervous a lot to talk about. Time. But <laughs> You're actually really easy to talk to. So. Oh, awesome. I get so nervous every time. Like, that. I get the little butterflies. So. The little butterflies, yes. Like, I was going around, like, just earlier this morning. I was like, okay, okay, yeah. this is happening today. Like, calm down the minutes. It was yeah. just super cool. And yeah. I'm really, really excited to do this. Like, yeah. Well, I'm so all excited I wanted, to be here. Yeah, all I wanted to do since my mom passed away is, like, spread awareness mm-hmm. and share her story and how strong she was. Because honestly, other people going through it need to know that they're not alone. And that's the one thing super important to me. So super, super important. And I love that you are um, so open and uh, wanting to share your, your mom's story. So I think this is going to be really great for people to learn a little bit more about you, about your mom. And then also like, you know, if they're also going through something similar or, you know, something different, but they can actually relate to it. So yeah, it's, and she was an amazing person. I know you don't really like, not a lot of people know my mom and things, Mm -hmm. but she was very well known around here. And she Mm -hmm. did a lot of like service, helping the town. She worked for a, she owned kind of a, it's called backpack assistant program. So they Mm -hmm. would give food to schools, students that couldn't afford it. She ran that, like she helped with, um, our it's called the lions club here it's like Mm. a community help so they like put out flags on national holidays and like just help and do fundraisers and everything and 
she was she really she worked constantly she was really doing her dues a lot and yeah. it was just she was a very special special person and, and amazing she yeah. was really really awesome and I, I miss her every day yeah. I had a nice little cry session with my dad yesterday because oh, yeah. I was I asked a couple of my mom's dearest friends if there was anything that I should mention that I don't know because my mom yeah. To shield us away from more being hurt and scared, she wouldn't mm-hmm. tell us everything. So I was like, I went to her closest friends and asked, is there anything that I don't know that she told you? Because I really do want to get everything that I can out yeah. during this episode. And I read, like, it's she's my aunt, and she was actually probably the closest person to my mom. Mm-hmm. And she sent this beautiful paragraph and I just started like sobbing. It was oh. super, just super emotional. And I was like down and shopping and things. Oh. I was like, oh God, <laughs> it was just like overwhelming. And I came yeah. home and I was like, what is happening? I'm like, I'm crying right now, it's so much. I was like, it's better to get it out and yeah. hopefully not totally ball my eyes out here. Well, it's okay to do a little bit, but. <laughs> totally allowed. You're, you're in a good, safe place. And, and I, you know, for you to be able to share your, your mom's story and her legacy. And then also uh, it was really thoughtful of you to be asking around other people, if there's anything that they would like to share yeah. or say as well. And I think that's, that's really important. And the fact that you're, you're thinking full picture and just, yeah, I just to be able to share as much I, as her as you can. I exactly. Think that's beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. cause there's things like definitely points in her journey that stuck out to me and mm-hmm. were hard for me to go through, but there's also like like her friends also there was a lot for her to like her to tell them and because mm-hmm. again she wanted to kind of protect the idea against our yeah because I have two younger brothers so there's okay. three kids I'm the eldest mm-hmm. and like just protecting us away from kind of the idea of her passing away yeah. eventually because when she got diagnosed it was around five ish years ago it was stage four breast cancer and she, it was super like out of the blue because she's not a smoker. She's not, didn't really drink super, super healthy, organic health, nut like to the max, didn't have dairy, didn't have a lot of sugar. Like she was super healthy and it kind of came out of the blue and we were like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, like why, why would it be happening to such a good person? And that always went through my head is like, such horrible things can happen to amazing people and take them away from Mm -hmm. where they should be Mm -hmm. and she like and she was super fit super fit she did like she taught pilates and she did dance I go to a dance studio and I've done dance since I was three and I love it I'm not doing it this year just because I have a lot on my plate, a lot of work and schoolwork and stuff, but she would do that with me. She'd do the dance classes with me and everything. And she was just very active and really amazing and just kept her spirits up a lot and tried to kind of hide it away, which I can definitely like, it's very hard on her to hold away certain things Mm -hmm. and keep it kind of balled up in her, in her heart and her soul. But 
it was like a really crazy journey and she told me a lot of things but also didn't tell me a lot of things like I said and one of the like she went the way she found out is she noticed there was a lump in her breast which was you know unusual and so she went to go get a scan and they they found it there and around around like she went through chemo she lost her hair all of that jam and she was a very like natural person she didn't want to go under anything hardcore drugs or anything like that because that just wasn't her move she would rather try and do things more naturally and see if that helps yeah but she ended up getting it removed and went into surgery and it removed itself it was gone Mm -hmm. and she like had she well to even out the fact of both of her breasts she'd gotten obviously implants Mm -hmm. and because she was so fit and so like skinny it kept tearing open the wound would kept bursting open in these random moments so she decided to take the one out of where the lump was removed the cancer cells and she actually from the back one of her back muscles so she went through a surgery where, and she had a huge scar down her back and they moved the muscle up to use a more natural bodily, like something more like natural that which her body wouldn't fight against. Okay. So they moved the muscle up and used that as a more evenly distributed. Yeah. To make size. it look even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she like did, she took like um, fat from her thighs and. Mm-hmm. her like liver glutes and everything and try to put some of that in there like it was definitely like she wanted she wanted the easier easier things so she wouldn't have to keep going through mm-hmm. things oh oh mother okay it came back you're good <laughs> okay <laughs> scared me no you're uh, fine <laughs> um it was my boyfriend trying to call me <laughs> Um, but I'm like and he knows that he just left he was here and he left before I was like you need to leave I need to be in my own (laughs) life my mind right now yeah but she like and she was covered in tattoos that was one of her like main getaways was was getting tattoos and now I'm kind of like that I already have 10 of my own oh my god I have a matching one with her like and I ended up like getting one I'm not sure getting one on my shoulder and this was actually I got this the day that she passed away and the story of like it was kind of insane because I ran the risk of leaving and not like not being there when she passed away and I was like okay I run the risk and I was actually scheduled for later, but mm-hmm. he, my tattoo artist, and I've gone to him all the time. It was my mom's tattoo artist. So it was like, I have an opening. There was a cancellation. You can come in right now. So like boyfriend drove me over there and it took like 40 minutes to get this done. Mm-hmm. It was super fast. looks amazing. And when I got back to the hospital, she passed away around 10 minutes after I got there. Oh it God. was crazy. I was like, knew that she knew I was not there like I felt like she knew I wasn't in the room Mm -hmm. she wanted to wait and I also felt like my grandma because my grandma her mom passed away um around seven years ago Mm -hmm. and from the actual same thing she also passed away from cancer and which is even crazier she got in a car wreck and the seatbelt when it she got in it punctured like it went so deep into her breast that it actually caused 
cancer in her breast, which is kind of funny because seatbelts are supposed to save you. It's super like, uh, like, a, like weird. Like confusion, like exasperated Like, cells, yeah, or... exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like it was just so taut and she had big, big, big knockers running the family. <laughs> so she, like the way the pressure and the way it hit to where the seatbelt was mm-hmm. caused just reactions to happen. And she ended up like around a year after that, found out she had breast cancer and went through her own thing. And so that happened, but where was I? I was talking about uh, 10 minutes after you got back from your tattoo. Thank you. Yeah, I felt welcome. like my grandma was right there and mm. was waiting to pour to heaven when I got there. And I got to see my mom take her last breath, which was really hard. But it was definitely an experience that I didn't think I would be going through last year. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. And it was, it's actually, it was my biggest fear to lose my mom. And the fact that it happened so fast and actually happened, it was kind of hard to wrap my mind around still. It's still fresh. But yeah, definitely. And days are much harder than other days because it's like the same thing when my grandma died, I was, because she didn't live here. She lived kind of, she still lived in Montana, but not too close to us around like five hours away. And in my mind, she was always there. She was always still there, cleaning, living her life. But mm-hmm. with having my mom pass away, it's a little hard because, you know, I normally would wake up with her here, but I don't anymore. So it's definitely very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And like the holidays were <laughs> so difficult because, you know, the two Thanksgiving and Christmas, the two holidays that you want to be with your family. Yeah. And it's just, it was definitely different. It was super different. And I ended up spending a lot of my Christmas time with my boyfriend's family because I'm figuring out I like to be around a full family a lot now. Mm-hmm. Having kind of having to see that they still have a mother figure. And I know that may sound a little selfish, like I'm not being around my own family, but it's hard to be around my own family right now just because it's super different. It's unusual and my dad's trying to be super strong all the time and he's doing you know he's doing really like he's doing an amazing job of doing being a a new parent and I love my dad greatly he I would not be myself without him I wouldn't be here without him either and yeah and he's doing he picked up my mom's jobs and we own a dog boarding business so we take care of dogs I got that business started when my mom was actually prego with me. (laughs) So I've been in this house for a very long time, whole 18 years. So it's home and my mom is everywhere, everywhere in this house, everywhere. And it's like the morning after she passed away, there was a huge, beautiful sunrise as soon as I woke up. And I was like, She's telling us she's okay. (laughs) She's there. She's saying that she's okay. And that she's with my grandma. And actually it was when we were in Red Lodge, one of my dogs actually passed away. We have six, so now five. And I was like, Pippin, Pippin went up to go see mom. Give her some company. That's kind of how I thought about it. I was like, this time, I think mom was kind of whispering in Pippin's ear, like, I miss you. I need you up here too. So 
And that's kind of the whole mind concept that I go through. But yeah. Well, it was like, do you have any questions for me? I'm like, do whatever you. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, like, I imagine as it was towards the end of 2019, then your mom passed, correct? This year. This year. Okay. Well, October well, 20, October oh 29th God, of this year. Yeah, of course. It was it's two trash, months ago. Darling. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I was thinking was, in my brain, like you said, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and you said the past year, and I was thinking it'd been over a year, but it's still so fresh. Of course, the, the family yeah. dynamic feels different. Your your mom is everywhere in yeah. the house. It's it's all you've ever known. So everywhere you look, you yeah. see her. And I yeah. imagine that's that's pretty hard because you say that you went to go, you know, spend more time with your boyfriend's family because it, it has that full feeling of a family. Like yeah, that that and being that around big, my friend's family. That big of a change, it's Definitely. it's hard for it's hard it's, for you to process and and to deal with. Like you said, your dad's doing the best yeah. that he can. And yeah, what's it like? Um, how old are your brothers? They're thirteen and fifteen. Okay. Very young. And How are they doing? My, the middle one, we all have cool names, Kiva, Azure, and Luna. Luna. <laughs> and the middle child, Azure, is, he's definitely going through it a little bit harder. Um, he's definitely finding it strugglesome and how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely helping my dad a lot. He's been around my dad and my dad's side of the family a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And they've been really close. I've been with my mom's side a lot. I go to my grandparents and I have my grandpa, which is my mom's dad, still here, but I have a step-grandma and I love her dearly. She is amazing. I love my grandparents so, so, so much. I would like, and I'm super close to them. They live like right down the road. I can go, I clean their house every week. So I see them constantly and being around them is amazing. And still having a part of, my mom having my grandpa is super important to me because I can still I can go see see him and talk to him a lot about about my mom and and then Kiva he is kind of he it's kind of hard to tell with him honestly I'm not sure if he's kind of trying to wrap his mind around it still or if he's just coping it coping in the way he wants to cope Mm -hmm. because he's not really talking to Uh, like he's not talking about it I don't think he likes to talk about it and so he kind of just stays in his room kind of doing his own thing a lot which Mm -hmm. is totally fine I totally understand that everybody copes their own way I cope really weird (laughs) I laugh at like if one of my friends is crying I'll laugh because I'm so uncomfortable I've just kind of when I was growing up I was like bullied for being too emotional and too touchy and too feeling feeling wise so now me being a teenager it's hard I like to I like to cry alone I like to do all that alone because I'm not used to someone being there for me so I feel like Kiva is the same way and copes it copes with it the kind of way that I do like to kind of do it on his own time and think about it through his own mind and not have because there's always like when it was kind of right a couple of weeks after she passed away. There was a lot of people like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You lost. And it's, you know, it's hard to respond to that. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't know what to say. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. I just kept yeah. saying, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for spreading your love to me. But it was always just like, after a good month, I got kind of sick of it because I was like, mm-hmm. 
it's 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 also just a reminder that she's not here and it's against nobody because I understand there's a lot of people that lost somebody and it's not just my family there's friends there's people that she touched everything so I'm like it's nothing against the people it's just how I am it's just super hard to hear that constantly especially where I work I see a lot of people that I know so they're always there and things like that so it's just definitely I like being kind of in my own head about it and like this and I'm actually glad I'm doing this because it gives me the chance to kind of express kind of like therapy like yeah. therapist. <laughs> yeah. yeah no you know but, <laughs> no, but it, I think it's like I'm, I'm also a private person and what you're saying makes total sense like you you're everybody grieves in their own way and you you prefer to grieve privately and especially yeah. coming from where you, where you're from you you grew up in 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 your town and like the same home and everybody so like your mom was well known in the community everybody knows yeah. everybody so it's hard to grieve privately when it's kind of a little yeah. bit on the public side for you um yeah. and even with you coming on this podcast that's that's incredibly brave because you are being vulnerable in the sense of yeah. talking about your mom when it's it's the wound is still fresh so yeah. I, I commend you for, for doing that so soon yeah. after her passing and telling her story is, is a huge deal and um, like how, how you'd like to get it out there. I really do. I really, really do. I think a lot of stories are super tremendously amazing of other people, of course, but I personally feel like my mom's story was super unique mm-hmm. and she was definitely stronger than most people, to be honest. Like she was an amazing super strong woman and like she would like the way the things that she went through were amazing like literally I cannot I'm not like I would never wish this on my worst enemy mm-hmm. at all when I was in eighth grade she went to go get another scan and she found out that the cancer cells were back and they were actually in her lymph nodes and in her bones. So she had ended up having tumors. She had eight tumors throughout her body. And they were kind of just sporadically everywhere. And she got one removed that was safe enough to remove. And it was in her hip. And she went and got that removed. And she had a metal rod from her knee to her hip to stabilize her. And the crazy thing is like her being her, like like maybe five months after that, it was summer and my cousins came down with their boat and she went surfing. <laughs> like her being her, she was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna let this get me down. Yeah. I'm gonna go surfing. I'm gonna do this. I've never done it before. Oh, and yeah. she really would do anything. She was a biker, a hiker, a runner. Literally, she was a super outdoorsy person and she would not let her health get her away from living and doing what she wanted. If she could do it and had the energy to do it, she would. Like, she would not, she lived a very full life. She went to Bali. She went to Nepal with my dad in November of last year. And she went to Italy. She's been around almost every state. And one of the bigger ones that I went on, she got, she went to a, it's kind of hard to word, but a cancer research kind of facility, if you will, mm-hmm. in Houston, Texas, or Austin, Austin, Houston, Houston, Texas. And she was number 36. She was the last one to get chosen out of 
this because it was more of like a test. They were trying to see what could help and all of that. So she was number 56. She ended up getting a tattoo for that because that was super memorable for her. And she went and it helped a lot. And she was really healthy when she was going through it. And I went through, I went actually to one of her appointments down there one time because she would bring kind of every she would each time she went she would bring somebody different Mm -hmm. and it was definitely just kind of interesting to walk around and see kind of where she what she was going through when she went there and what was going into her like into her body there was a lot of just injection of certain like materials and minerals vitamins like things like that and like here at one of there's a place it's called the bridge um she would get a dose of vitamins and maybe like one a couple times a month she would go and she'd sit there for a good three hours while she was getting injected with vitamins because she couldn't she needed them and she couldn't produce them or get them in the natural way that a normal human would do she would always come home and she's like I smell like vitamins (laughs) <laughs> I took a bath in vitamins. So she did that. And like, she definitely wanted to go the healthier way. Yeah. And she like took supplements. She took vitamins every day. Mm-hmm. She drank a lot of water. She tried to, like, she went outside. She did healthy things. Like, she, it was just like, she definitely didn't want to let it get her down. And mm-hmm. That was definitely one thing while she was living, she wanted to do everything she could because when she first got, when we first got that she had cancer and that got worse, they, the doctors told her, you only have like six months to live. And that was hard. And that was long, that was years ago. So she definitely fought and she made through those six months. Mm -hmm. And then in, in September, she went to go get a skin because she was feeling really, really sick. She was not doing well. She was super nauseous and super bloated. And she was like, I don't know what's going on. This is not usual. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go get this scan out and everything. And I was like, okay, good luck. If you want me to come with you, I'll come with you. And everything like that. And she came home and she told me that she had cancer cells in her liver, her spinal cord and her lungs. Oh my God. They were everywhere. And she had to actually have a drain put in to her stomach because it would get so full of just acid and liquids it would just blow it up Mm -hmm. that and like it looked like she was pregnant that's how like bloated and how big and like it was super taut Mm -hmm. so she had a drain put in so she could drain at home because she kept going to the hospital to do it and they're like you need to we need to get you so you can do this at home because it's way too regular and it was super difficult for her because it was like every couple hours she would have to do it and she just had these containers just everywhere she would go and she's like I need to do this and all that and it was just it was a crazy thing and it was hard to see her go through that because I knew that she like in the back of my head I knew that she was going downhill because she was losing her energy she would just sleep a lot she wasn't being her normal self and I knew that it was getting 
to a point where I was getting really close. And I really, I tried to prepare myself for it as one does, but you really never can. Like when my grandma died, I was expecting the day, I was expecting a FaceTime call from my mom to FaceTime my grandma. And instead I got the call that my grandma died and it was right after I got out of school and I just like totally lost it and started bawling. And I just was screaming, like I was super upset. And it was in the middle of, like right in the middle of town where school was and people were like, what the heck is going on? Like, it was just super difficult. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing with my mom. And she went to go get, she started chemo again and she was doing okay. It was helping, but it also wasn't. It was more, in, instead of trying to kill the cells, it was kind of more of neutralizing it and just slowing them down. It wasn't really getting rid of them so she went in to go do that and the doctors were like you are not like your health is not you aren't eligible to do this your health is way too down like you can't do this with how your body is right now and so they went she went and they were trying they she did a lot of tests they were going like they were giving her like all these sorts of things but nothing was really helping so she was never like it was like trying to be healthy enough to something that is also going to hurt your body. It was super like tipsy turn. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was just super weird. And as soon as she stopped doing the chemo, because she couldn't anymore, she ended up being in the hospital. I want to say, I want to say like two and a half weeks that she was in the hospital. Okay. And she moved room to room and she ended up going to, um, I want to say, ICU, ICU, ICU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. urgent. Yeah, like mm-hmm. intense care. You're yep. pretty much on like, you know, everything that you need to stay alive there. Mm-hmm. So she was there for, and I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't, I would only get it like so often news about it, mainly because I didn't want to know. I was like, this is just super. And I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, it's hard to wrap your, your mind around. I know around. my mom, yeah. my mom will try and get through this. I know that she will fight as long as she can. And she ended up there. And then one day they were, they moved her to the building where you end up passing away. It's more of a homey building where the hospice side. More, yeah. Yeah. So they moved her there. And as soon as they, they moved her there, I knew the days were getting really short, really, really short. And I went and saw her the day before, the night before she passed away and she was doing fine. She still was herself. She was being funny. She was pretty loopy because she was on a lot of drugs. hard things, a lot of drugs. She was super loopy and she was super weak. That was one of the things that was most definite. She was super skinny. Her arms were super skinny and she was just super like, she was losing all of her, all of her muscle, all of her vitamins. Everything was just kind of slowly draining. And it was definitely one of the most more noticeable things of it. And which was really just hard to see. It was super hard to see her in that position because I felt super like I couldn't, I wanted to do something, but I couldn't. It was the feeling of being helpless. Like, yeah, I wish like in that position, I was like, I wish it was me and not you. I feel like you would live much more of a life than I ever could. That was kind of the image in my head. I was like, she lived more 
been a hundred like a person who's a hundred years old, she's lived more year like more experience than that in her 46 years she was alive. Yeah. And the day after we I went home, I saw her for around an hour. I talked to her and she was doing good and I got her she was trying to eat everything she can remember she ordered like dinner and she got a tortilla just a plain tortilla and pickles that was the thing that she was trying to eat and I just specifically remember that so I was like that's a really successful dinner mom it was just like super funny and then I went home and I was gonna see her tomorrow the day that she passed away I was gonna see her I was gonna go but I was figuring things out I was just like I just got up and my dad's like oh I'm gonna go see mom just kind of some bad news from the hospital I was like okay well when you get there can you let me know and I was just getting up I was washing my face I was about to take a shower and he called me he's like you need to get to the hospital right now you need to because time is running out right now and he was crying he was and I knew that it was like that's happening today and I just like threw stuff on I was like rushing I'm like I'm gonna be there and dear heaven to everybody that's listening right now do not speed but I ended up probably going 110 trying to get to this hospital like I wanted to get there as fast as possible if I was like I did not care I was just going I was running lights I was like being a very irresponsible person of course but and I never, and I don't do that. Other you wanted to get to your mama. But I was like, I want to get there because I need to be there if it happens now. Yeah, yeah. And I got there and she was definitely, I like research when you start passing away, your senses kind of go out. Mm-hmm. And the last senses that you're aware of before you pass away are your hearing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that you experience before you pass away is you can hear things. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, she was conscious, but her breathing was super, super difficult because of the cells in her lungs. Like she was breathing super hard and you could tell that she was like, it was like grasping for air, like grasping for air every, every time, like, and towards the end, you like, every time she would breathe out, we were just hoping like breathe in again, like take another breath. We never knew if like, when the last breath was like we never knew because it was so but she held my brother's hand she was still aware and I took a picture and she held my brother's hand my dad was there constantly holding onto her and it was my the moment that it happened I was out in the lobby like out because her room was there and then it would come out to this little seating area and like the elevators are and whatever and I was out there with my grandparents and my dad and my cousin and my little brother Kiva was actually in the room with with my mom and all of a sudden my little brother comes out and he's like Luna you need to go in there something's happening like something's wrong and I was like okay okay so I'm like get up and I go in and there's like three nurses surrounding her with I don't even know what it's called wait check the heartbeat oh yeah yeah thank you that's okay that thing yeah thank you I was like and I was like oh heaven like because 
like there was the last breath and I knew they were checking her heartbeat that she was no longer there. And I remember one of the nurses, he was actually pretty much family and he's been there with my mom for a long time, looked at me and just shook his head and I knew that she passed away and I knew that she was no longer here with us. And that in itself was super difficult to look at and a lot of my family was there my cousins she had a brother and he was there wife was there all the cousins my grandparents like everybody was there at the hospital and it was everybody was just it was a difficult moment because it's like I wanted my mom to see this tattoo but she wasn't conscious enough to see it and that hurt because I was like I told her I was like I'm gonna get a tattoo for you I want you to see it like and that was like that was the night I saw her I was like I'm going to get this tomorrow you need to stay here because I want to show you I want to show you this and I was like can you do that for me like I know you can she's like yes I will I promise and there was a lot of people that were trying to get there to say goodbye while she was still breathing. And it was actually my dad's side. So my dad's side, my cousins, they got there around probably 10 minutes after she passed away. And it was super difficult. One of my cousins just had a baby, baby boy. So cute. His name's Finnan. Oh, that's a great name. He's so cute. And they were like super heartbroken that they didn't get to at least talk to her while she could still yeah. still hear and kind of be aware of what was going on. And I remember like asking her one day because she was still in ICU. She I asked her, I was like, Mom, I'm terrified of what's gonna happen when you pass away. And I was, I was like crying so hard. And she was trying to keep it together so much. Yeah. Like she had, like she was trying to keep it together. And she's like telling me, she's like, I'm not scared of what's gonna happen to me. I'm okay with it. I got to live my life. Like, you just need to take care of, take care of your brothers. Like, take care of dad. Like, be there for dad. And I could tell that she was terrified of leaving. She was scared as heck. And when I asked, um, her name's Kelly. When I asked her, do you want me to say anything? She said that she asked my mom and one of the last things that my mom told her were that she wasn't ready to go, which really hurt a lot. And sorry. Knowing that she didn't want to leave was probably the hardest things to know because, like, I know she told us that she was ready, but we all knew that she wasn't, and she told her that she wasn't ready to go because she wanted to see us grow up. She wanted to see us at our wedding. She wanted to see our growing kids, and that's probably the hardest thing for me is the fact that she will never see her grandkids and never be at my wedding. And the fact is that really, really gets to me almost every day because 
I and I told my dad I was like dad you better be there to walk down me walk me down the aisle I need at least one parent at my wedding please and knowing I know my mom will be there in spirit I know she will but the fact that she won't be able to see me grow up and me become me is probably one like like one of the like first on the top list of one of the more difficult things with losing my mom yeah and it like I will never ever 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 forget that and that's been a fear I was like yeah I know if my mom passes away she will not be there she will not be there to drop me off at my first college she won't be there to take pictures with me at my graduation and that stuff hurts and I know I love my dad dearly and I know he will be there for me but the connection I had with my mom was a lot more than anybody I knew she was there for me when I went to the hospital she was there like she I had to get my tonsils removed in October and I was terrified I never had to go through surgery like I was super super scared and she still went with me and stayed at the hospital till I was awake even though she herself was was doing bad like and she was super super self-conscious of her body she would cover up her stomach because she was super self-conscious of the, the way she looked which broke my heart because Nobody should be self-conscious, especially if you're going through that. And she was there when I woke up, and I was like, I did it. And she was there the entire time I went through, and my recovery was horrid. He did my recovery. It was so bad. I got, like, um, the actual medicine that they told me to take was making it worse. So I ended up, like, not taking it, and it was just, like, horrid. But one of the last trips that I did with her was Spokane her and her friend biked from here to Spokane which is immaculate (laughs) that's a really (laughs) long time and my mom's like okay you have to drive up here and get us I was like okay totally fine by me and it was one of the last ones and then I was it was it it was hot as hell up in Spokane I literally my feet were swollen it was horrid I was like oh my head like I did I don't know how my how my mom biked all the way there I was like you must have been scorching yeah it was horrible and then the last one I went on was to Missoula it was with um again Kelly and my mom and I and my mom's like and I felt like she wanted me to come because she knew it was coming in the back of my mind thinking about this I because I didn't need to come at all like I didn't need to but she was like do you want to come and I was like yeah I'd love to like I'll drive it's fine and I feel like she definitely wanted to do that with me and wanted to get this last little adventure in while she could because mm-hmm. that's and she was like we ended up spending a lot more time just at the hotel like she was in bed I was still going through tonsil pain for the yeah. life of me and it was it was a good little last adventure with her 
before she went to the hospital link. Yeah. And we were trying super hard to get her home and have her here if when she wanted to go. We were trying super, super hard. But if we would have taken her away from the hospital, we would have taken her away from the resources she needs to at least make it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Like if we took her home, she the day that we wanted to, she probably would have passed away the same day. And she went to live on a like three or four days after. Yeah. We were like, we need to keep her here because the resources were they were there she needed (laughs) yeah she needed to be there yeah and yeah and there was like it's kind of insane of when she did pass away of course we got all all the cards Mm -hmm. we have a big pile in our laundry room right now and it was super cool to see like how many people like how many people she touched and how many people like cared and it's like I didn't feel so alone of about losing my mom it was just it was better and like one of the more cool letters I read was one of the schools that she helped with the assistant program they all of the students wrote on this card and sent it to us and it was just a really cool really cool letter it was just my bunny's being oh, <laughs> rabbits making noise. I have a yeah. Oh, adorable. <laughs> Mr. T. He's amazing. Oh, I love him. I got him a couple of days before my mom passed away because I'm allergic to dogs and cats. Oh, and I was like, I need a, need a rabbit. I need yeah. a buddy. Yeah. And I love him dearly. He's super sweet. But so I'm not sure. You probably can't hear because I have my AirPods, but he's making a lot of noise. I, I heard a little bit of wrestling, but I, I couldn't <laughs> figure it like, out. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, but it sounds like the community surrounding your mom was, was, was something. Oh, like, yeah. How many, like you said, how many people's lives she touched and, and the fact how they, they rallied around her um, and rallied around you guys. At, in, yeah. And, it was, and there, and there was, there was a GoFundMe for her medical funds. We raised over $40,000, which was amazing. And then there was just like um, a restaurant here, a sushi restaurant did a fundraiser where one of the days, like most of the food bought, the money would go to the, like, and then there was just, yeah. And there was just some amazing, amazing people that helped. And which means so much to like, my family yeah. it really does because that, like the medical bills mm-hmm. are humongous it's, a, it's something <laughs> very big. a lot of people don't talk about and that doesn't get often brought up in a cancer story like all the medical bills it's so, it's yeah the after fact yeah of everything that has to like when I was when she was I was thinking I'm like what's gonna happen to our cars what's gonna happen to our phone like what mm-hmm. what's like what is going to happen to all this what is what are we going to do and like it was just going through the struggle of like showing my dad how to do everything showing my dad how to pay the bills showing my dad how to like we have like the children's card little like master cards that you your parent can put money on 
Mm. My mom had to show him how to do that. Oh, my mom had to show him like that stuff. Okay. My mom was like the definition of a mom. <laughs> she <laughs> did everything. And my dad had to learn it all. And I've been helping him through things because he's not the most techie person. And I'm a pretty techie person. Like, I think I should be a hacker, to be honest with you. <laughs> I should be a professional. So he, I've been helping him with that. And there's like switching the names over on everything. Yeah. Like the cars, of like all the accounts, just so many things that needed to be taken care of that you never, like when you're going through losing somebody it's like that after fact of having to go through all of that is kind of crazy yeah and the again with the medical bills it's absurd mm-hmm. absurd how much they are and it's super hard on our family because we have the three we there's three kids and my mom decided to pay off the last two we have two cars Decided to pay those off so we didn't have to worry about car payments and stuff like that but she definitely tried to do as much as she could while she was here to help our family get along and go forward when she wasn't which again was really brave of her yeah to do because a lot of people when they're they're quote-unquote on their deathbed I hate saying that but when they're you know fading away tend to go into the sorrow of like I didn't get to live my life Mm -hmm. what am I going to do like all like kind of more of the stressing out about things like Mm -hmm. getting really sad about how that they're going to pass away Mm -hmm. and my mom was kind of the opposite she definitely was like it's okay I'm here like I want to just I want to get everything that I can while I can. And that's when she first got her diagnosed and everything, she realized that took a big life toll and she realized I need to, I need to live my life to the fullest. I need to do what I want to do. And that, because she was a very, very like people, people pleaser. Mm -hmm. She loved to give to people. She loved her friends. She loved her family. Mm -hmm. She loved to see the people around her happy and if that had the cost of her being unhappy she would be okay with it Mm -hmm. she would forgive and forget and there was definitely like moments there's a few people in her life that took advantage of that and that takes like that took a huge toll on her I remember her just telling me things like this happened and now I feel taken advantage of and I feel like she felt stupid for hmm. trusting them, which yeah. I felt so bad. I was like, mistake kindness for weakness and we'll take advantage. Yeah. And that's how like, I've had friends take advantage of me for that. Mm-hmm. I've had friends take advantage of me for the fact that I can drive for the fact that I have a car that I have money. Like I have had people take advantage and my mom and my little brother have this cool, they have this cool thing where she would always sense if I brought a person to the house that was a friend she would after they left she'd be like I don't like that person or I do like this person she had like this this little sixth sense sixth sense (laughs) and my little brother has it too and one of these people came and they were both like she is bad news yeah you do not want to be friends with her like you don't I have a bad feeling that this is going to go downhill 
Yeah. And it did. And I did like I chose not to listen to Heavenly Godsend. Of course I didn't listen, but I was like it was bad. She took advantage of the fact that I had a car and the fact that just and I'm realizing a lot of the friends that I do have have life problems, which is like fine. But when you have a problem of your own and you go to push it on one of your friends in a unhealthy way you kind of need to like step back and realize that because that can take a toll on them and one of my best friends I love her dearly her name's Morgan I love her so much she has she's got she's had a hell of a year too and she's always I've known her since sixth grade she's my best friend I love her dearly so 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 much she's been there for me through so many things this year and she I will never like she's going to be my bridesmaid never ever going to like leave her because she is the person that is she's kind of like my mom she likes she likes to give she likes to be accepted and the way we fit together is like a puzzle we really do complete each other in the opposite ways I found out that I have a very specific friend type I have friends that are more sincere and have feelings and are more innocent. And then there's me that's kind of like held back. I have a wall, but they help me actually express my feelings. And I definitely figured that out because when I got hired at, I got a new job. I got hired at Starbucks. I made this amazing friend and she showed me that like having feelings and expressing them and crying is not a bad thing because which was super important I'm super grateful for her and yeah it's good to have that sense of like um like a support like a not support group but like people who are supportive of you like that 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 community then can help lift you up when you need it like you said you know your friends are kind of like a puzzle piece you know they they lift you up when you're feeling down and they're there for you and they don't hold it over your head or you know like no expect anything from you it's just a fully sincere um, fully loved coming from a loving place. So I think yeah. that's important. And, you know, like ultimately your mom, I, without, you know, really knowing it, she instilled all these things in you and she helped you yes. figure out like who is good to have around me. And, you know, like with the bullshit detector that she had, exactly. And, you know, like you've learned a ton from Definitely. Your, your mom lived like a thousand lives. And I think it's amazing that she lived so much and I know she didn't want to go in the end, but like she, 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 I think she did a, based off what you're saying, a really good job of, of living her life out. And, oh yeah. and who knows, like you're saying how healthy she was, like maybe the fact that she was so healthy helped her live longer than she, I think have. it did. Yeah. And I think also me being me, I think I'm kind of more, I'm kind of a spiritual human being. (laughs) And I like to believe that when you put out positive positivity and that you Mm -hmm. think it's going to be okay and that you drill that in your mind, that it actually does help you and you become stronger because it's kind of like you're tricking your mind into thinking that it's going to be okay. So it will be okay. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like when you are on a car drive and you're getting car sick, but if you just think to yourself, I'm not car sick, (laughs) I'm not car sick. And you're trying to trick your brain. (laughs) Exactly. So 
that was definitely like I feel like she was like I'm not gonna let this shit get me down mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let it take over my life yeah I'm definitely going to live it until I ultimately can't mm-hmm. until it really like really takes down where it's definitely like because she like when she passed away her body really took over like Mm -hmm. it went fast it went downhill very fast Mm -hmm. and if it was up to her it was if it was like your brain and your heart ran the health of your body Mm -hmm. she would be completely healthy and she like would still be here and that matter of like I really like it's super super unfair and I will forever think it's unfair that somebody that is so amazing had to pass away from something so toxic and it made me realize how many people like how many parents how many grandparents that like passed away and they have to leave their family due to something that they can't control it really really is sad and this year has been crazy one of my best friends he committed suicide this year that took a toll on me and realizing your mental health and figuring out like your mental health and the image that you keep on yourself is super important And it made me realize that because people sometimes portray me as a more selfish person because I tend to love myself a little bit more Mm -hmm. than the regular human being. But I figure, I think it's just self-love, not selfish, Mm -hmm. because you need to love yourself before you can love others. You need to accept yourself before you can accept others. Like Mm -hmm. your own mind, in my opinion, is the most important. Taking care of your own health and taking care of yourself is super important because if you're not healthy in a mental way or a physical way then you are you're not going to be healthy with you're going to have toxic relationships you're going to let things take advantage of your life Mm -hmm. and my mom taught me that my mom was like you need to be strong you need to love yourself for who you are and I definitely I am a very very interesting person I like to my friends I'm kind of I'm a crazy little thing I (laughs) am a buttload if you will I was a little as a child (laughs) I was a and I haven't changed I will never ever let anybody change me I am if you do not like me you can fuck off I do not care (laughs) and I love that self about that's the one thing that I will forever be proud of is that I do not let anybody change who I am I don't care what people think about me I am I am me for my own reasons. I am me for being me myself. And if you don't like that, you can walk away. Yeah. That's not my problem. You're wise like you really, you're... you can get the hell out of my life. Yeah. And if I need to kick you out, I will. Like I am, in my opinion, I'm pretty strong-willed. I like, I think I've set myself up pretty well. And my mom has taught me that you need to know your worth. You need to love yourself. And I've, it's taken me a long time to love myself. I've gone through a lot of things. I got eczema when I hit puberty and it was horrible. I actually went through, I went through old photos of me and it was really bad and it sucked and it really took a toll on my self image because I really thought I was ugly. 
and I thought that I wasn't worth it at all and so now like force of habit I my skin is completely better now because I've gone through so many things of trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and I'm on, like doing so many things I do it to do pigs at shot I take allergy pills I do like I do tanning beds so I can get sun rays on my skin which really helps so I've definitely learned my ways with it and trying to figure it out and I'm going to live with it for the rest of my life (laughs) and it definitely sucks it's like and I've gotten into the horrible habit of like I have no short sleeve shirts anymore because when I had eczema I threw them all out I was like I don't want anybody seeing my arms I would only wear turtlenecks and long sleeves, like even in the summer. I don't didn't want anybody seeing my skin. When I go swimming, I want to wear a swimsuit. None of it. And now I'm stuck in that train where I like only want to wear long sleeves, and I only want to be covered because I'm still super insecure. And even now, not being as bad, I'm still insecure about it. And I like it's kind of. I'm not prone to acne, runs in my family. It's a really nice genetic, but Mm -hmm. I did get the genetic of eczema. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing if you are acne prone, you have to live with that. And I can never imagine the, like, it takes a lot of willpower to love yourself and not cover up your insecurities. And I'm still trying to figure that out. And it takes, it's it's every day, every day I go on, I'm like, you know, I could not wear makeup today, but I am going to wear makeup today. Like it's all the, all the jams. Acceptance and, and self-love is really important. And to um, be able to accept that in yourself at a young age, I think is amazing. Like you, wise beyond your years, like not putting up with people's bullshit, accepting yourself, Thank loving you. yourself and, and being selfish when it's necessary. And when it need, when you need to fill your own cup you need first. To, yeah, look out for yourself. Else's. Absolutely. And that being said, like what I would say, like even with yourself or either um, physically or tangibly, what would you say that your mom's legacy is like in your opinion or even throughout the community or to your family or friends? She had a quote unquote love and light. That was her thing. Love and light was her thing. It was to spread love and show your own personal light and let everybody see it. And she would put that on everything. She made stickers. She owned, she actually made a sage bundle business. Hmm. She would have that. And she just, that was her thing. She wanted people to show love and be positive and love themselves. Like she was super accepting. And she, like, she, if your opinion's your opinion, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like she really, was ex- like and that's how I grew up like I accept whatever your sexuality is whatever your race is whatever whatever you are you as a person you are still a human being you are nothing less and she was amazing and the thing that she would always like when thinking of my mom to love and light comes to mind and then living your life to the fullest living your life and not letting things get you down because every day goes on every day is a new day you can start the day off and put in your mind that you everything's gonna go good and if it doesn't again the next day is a new day you can just restart and that was her thing she was like if you want to travel somewhere 
do it. If you want to do this, do it. You just, you want to live your life because in my mind, which is, this is kind of a little dark, but I, in my mind, I think we're born to die. That's kind of, and it's, and the thing I, somebody sent us a poem and it's called The Dash. And it's the dash between on the gravestone between the years that you were born and you were alive. The dash is the most important part. That is the journey in between those two dates. And that's always stuck with me. Yeah, it was a really cool poem too. But it's the journey from when you are alive to the point where you pass away. That is the most important thing. That is what people are going to remember you by. That is what you're going to remember when you're getting down there. And living your life and taking those risks and living on the edge is the best thing that I think anybody can do for themselves. Because being scared can really run your life. And I've been scared my entire life and it really did run my life. But after after my mom passed away, I really realized that there are more important things in the world than being scared of what's gonna happen in the future. Because the future is untold and you just need to live it and let it play out because you can't control, you can't control a lot of things. Yeah. You can do your best, Yeah. <laughs> but it's sometimes it's not yeah. up to you. Most things are out of your it's control. Real, it's how you react. Exactly. So mm-hmm. exactly. It's the cause and effect pretty yeah. much. And so that's staying positive with everything that you can and you physically can, not letting yourself get it up get out of control of something that's happening, sticking up for others, loving yourself. Those are super important. And that's what my mom taught me to do. And I will live by that for the rest of my life. What an amazing least, lady. Yeah. But, do you have any, yeah. um, any other advice or any favorite stories you'd like to share or anything like um, you said yeah. some people had written some things you'd like to share? Let me look. All right. Um, Just reading some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she was really like she was she was super like she stayed to herself until the last moments. She was still funny. She was cracking jokes. She was being funny. She was laughing at things. She was not letting it like she was not letting it affect her mental state like she was like I am if my body is going down I'm still gonna have myself be here because that's all that's important that was super important to her and she was like amazing amazing person I really 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 miss miss her a lot but Yeah. Here's a quote that one of her mom, one of my mom's friends, she said, I remember years ago when Caleb was trying to teach me how to ride a mountain bike, he said, when you get to the top of the climb, always put it in your big gear and keep pedaling. Don't stop because you're at the top. And this applies to life. You never like, you want to keep going. You want to see the view. You want to see who you become. And 
that's super important. And I, there's so many things that I could tell you about my mother, dear heavens. She did a lot. She did a lot. And she was one of the, like, one of the most funny people. She really was so funny. She loved cracking jokes. She, her laugh was something that I will never forget. She always smelled of patchouli. That was her secret <laughs> yeah. scent. Always smelled of patchouli, like, everywhere. The house, oh, her, no matter. She loved her, like, she loved her eyelash extensions. She loved them. She loved getting her nails done and getting many petties. She loved doing that for herself and taking a care day. I will never, ever forget my mom. I'll never forget the way she feels. I'll never forget the way she hugged me. My friend is coming. I'm still doing calling. Sorry. I had to tell her. Oh, no, it's okay. We're, like, we're, we're getting close to finishing up anyway. So. Yeah. But um, she, yeah, I will never forget her. And she will forever be in my heart. Every time I see a rainbow, every time I see a heart, she loved her heart rock. She like collected them. We have so many everywhere. But there's, and there's so many things like this opportunity came out. I created my own little business in memory of her. There's, I, yeah, there's things that for sure, I know it will get better, but you know, it's every day is a day. It's already been two months and it's really hard to think that it's already been two months since she passed. It's super difficult because it feels like she passed away yesterday, every single day. It feels super fresh. And I think every year, the anniversary of when she died will be probably the hardest day of my life every year. It will never, I don't think it'll get easier for a while, but I have everybody there for me. I have my friends, I have my boyfriend, I have my family's friends, family, I have my family, I have animals, I can always go for a drive and scream at the top of my lungs, I do that quite often, if you will, and honestly, I'm going to keep living my life, and I'm going to keep doing what I want to do, and I'm going to always have my mom, she's she grew me up to be this person. I know. I know it for sure. This is who I'm meant to be. I will never change. And my mom will always be with me no matter what. It's, and I know I'm blabbering for the life no, of me. No, it's okay. You're and it's hard to get things out. And it's hard, super life. hard to, yeah. And I, that is the most important thing in this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's super important because I want everybody to know that they're not alone and losing a parent, whether it's to cancer or a car wreck or anything is the most difficult thing that I think anybody can go through is losing family, especially a mom or a dad. It will forever change somebody because it's hard to go from going to somebody that you love for a hug, for advice to them not being there and having to talk to them in spirit. It will forever be hard. Mm -hmm. And I just want, I want to spread the awareness that 
to live your life to the fullest no matter what is happening to you and to think positive positively positive you know what I'm trying to say positive thoughts um, <laughs> positive thoughts and just keep your head up yeah. don't look down keep it up keep going forward don't reverse you keep trucking until you are at the top of that mountain yeah, I was about saying until you can, <laughs> until you see the view that you are wanting to see in life mm-hmm. because you aren't going to get there unless you try mm-hmm. and my mom would want everybody to do that and she wants everybody to know to anybody that's listening, it doesn't matter who, that life is important. And if it's going to be taken away from you, even at the earlier stages, to keep living it. And every day is a new day. And just keep going because you don't want to get caught up and you don't want to get caught up in the bullshit. It's not worth it. Trust me, it's not worth it in the end. Things will happen, but they'll all be in the past eventually. So you just have to think there's a better future for me if I keep going. Yeah. And if I keep choking on and keep living my life. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's all about the is there dash. anything? Yeah, <laughs> is there anything else? All about the dash. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to ask me or anything? No, no I, other than that, I would probably just love some photos of your mom and so I can post when um, your episode yeah. is up and then I will, I'll email you one yeah, yeah. or a couple, you can choose. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. Sounds like your mom was super healthy and super active. So like times like during how active she was, any favorite photos yeah. that you have of you two together or um, of her, I would love. I have a, yeah I'll send you I'll send you one I'll send you three photos I'll send you one with her and all of the all of us kids I'll send her doing biking or snowboarding or whatever That's and then awesome. just her being happy she had a very memorable smile yeah yeah like and it runs in the family too. I love it oh yeah <laughs> I play videos of her voice every day because oh. it's hard not to hear it yeah so that's beautiful. Well, Luna, thank you so much for sharing your mom's story. Yeah. And being so willing to open up your heart and, and be vulnerable to tell it. Um, it's it's still fresh. So it's incredibly brave of you to come on and thank you your mom a little bit and, and give advice and what you've learned and and especially at a, a young age of, of 18 years old and having to live through those the past five years has been incredibly incredibly yeah. tough and forced you to grow up real fast. So, oh yeah <laughs> so I, I and really, maturity came quick yeah you, you kind of didn't have a choice yeah. and the fact no. that you embraced it with open arms and you're accepting it and and trying to to live your life to the fullest and, and keep on trucking like you said so yeah the fact that you I know it's still incredibly hard and it's probably hard not to be sad or have negative thoughts but what you're portraying here today with me is is incredible positivity and just this warmth um coming from you and I'm sure it's coming through from your mom as well so I I just really appreciate you sharing this and you know reaching reaching out to me so I just feel incredibly blessed that um both uh Ashley and Britt 
read your story on uh, podcast. They were able to connect us. I can't, they're so amazing. I cannot believe that they actually read it and connected us. And uh, it's, I want to meet them someday. Oh COVID no. is not a thing. Yes, I yes, want to meet them so bad. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of like a little bit of kismet. So it was meant to be, and I'm, I'm just so glad to have you on. And, and I'm so honored to share your mother's story. Thank you. It really means a lot. This opportunity is truly amazing. Yeah. I actually cannot ask for anything better for my birthday. Yeah. I oh really my do. God, it is I your birthday. Sure. Happy birthday. I remember we talked about that. I, in my brain, I was like, I need to make sure to say happy birthday on the front end. Ah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, good. No, this is, I'm excited we did this because this yeah. is something I do. Probably one of the best things that will ever happen on my birthday. Yeah. This is amazing. I will never forget this. I will forever probably listen to this episode over and over. You enjoy the rest yeah, of your of day. Course. Do something fun for I your will. birthday. In touch. Okay. Beautiful. 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 I Bye, honey. Yes. <laughs> Talk to you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Luna, for telling your mom Tracy's cancer story. It was lovely having you on the podcast today. Guys, stay tuned next week. I will have a brand new episode coming to you on Monday. Um, if you guys want to check anything out that Luna and I talked about, I included everything in the episode notes. You can also check out my website um, and then also the uh, business that Luna had started. So um, everything will be added to the notes and please feel free to reach out to share your cancer story. Once again, follow and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. It totally helps me out and it helps other people find me. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We will see you next week.